Apparently, the only way to discipline your kids these days is by thinking bad thoughts. I guess that's what it is. I, yeah, hey, maybe it'll work. Disney bleeds money with every one of these remakes they produce, but they refuse to learn anything. And I guess they're just going to keep bleeding money. And the trans cultists continue to accuse others of doing what they are doing. This is, there's a, and the funny thing is, there's actually a video. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. It's Thursday. Happy Thursday. You know, the one thing we should learn, uh, looking at the political nature of the world today, is that maybe we need to start accepting that we're smarter than politicians, that you can't trust the government for anything, that the government just basically needs to go away. And by the way, I'm not the first person to say that. I think a guy named Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and Ben Franklin, and they all said that. They all said, you can't trust the government. We'll keep our democracy, democratic republic, as long as we can keep it. Things like that. Well, we're getting to the point now where people are way too much trusting their politicians. And we need to stop it. And it all has to do with the fact that these guys really are doing things for themselves. They're doing them. They're doing things for their bank accounts. They're doing. And I'm talking specifically about Matt Gates. I'm talking about Joe Biden. Now Joe Biden has decided that he's going to pay off like nine million dollars in student loan debt. Nine billion in student loan debt, which we already know is unconstitutional. And we also know it's not fair. And the reality is these people are not doing it because it's going to make the country better. It's not. None of this stuff is going to make the country better. It's just going to create division, create resentment, create animus, create hate, put us further in debt. None of this is going to make anything any better. And yet we still keep depending on the government. That broad that I played, the Democrat, that kept saying that, you know, if we shut down the government, people are going to die because they're going to freeze to death in South Dakota, which, by the way, the governor of South Dakota said that's not a thing. The reality is if people depend on the government so much that they would actually freeze to death, that's a reason to move forward and get rid of the government, leave the government behind. Because you can't trust them. They'll do everything wrong. They've, we've got 250 years of history showing us that the government just sucks at absolutely everything. And yes, I'm talking about lots of things. I'm talking about the fact that Joe Biden is going to start rebuilding the wall on the southern border because of the illegal alien crisis, the fact that Matt Gates has decided to, for no particular reason, throw the House into absolute chaos during an election year. I'm talking about the government shutdowns. I'm talking about the debt. I'm talking about all the money going to Ukraine, the drug crisis, the homeless crisis, the crime crisis. All of this stuff is caused by policies of the government. And instead of going back and taking a look at the real problems, the real problems that are causing all of the issues in our country right now, um, the lack of, fa- I mean, the, the military has a great thing, has a great statement for God, for country, for family. We've lost that base. We don't believe in God. We think our country's shitty and we don't want a family and we don't want families. We've lost that base. And I think we've been, they've been trying to eliminate that base since the 60s for over, geez, 60 years now. 50, yeah, 60 years. It's finally happened. And now look at the country. It's a shit show. And you got to sit back and you got to wonder, okay, maybe... It shouldn't be about me, which is what the left wants. It should be about God, country, family. If we can get back to those basics, which is why I talked so much yesterday about the church. 
because the church is going in the direction of the left. It's really important to get back to that God, country, family. Because the reality is nothing will be left if we don't. Okay, let's get to our dumbasses of the day. I think the best thing we could do for dumbasses of the day, I didn't feel like looking, searching for things. I found a ton of funny videos yesterday. But I, I, I didn't find anything that was really dumbassery that I can play as an audio clip. I have a bunch that I found that I'm going to put on Rumble. By the way, I have a bunch of videos on Rumble. Uh, go take a look. Type in dumbasses talking politics in the Rumble search bar. Subscribe and hit that Rumble button. But take a look at some videos. I'm actually going to come out. A lot of them are not as political. Uh, one that's going to be coming out is... I'm going to make one about ghosts because I love ghosts. I've got a creepy doll coming in and I'm, I want to have my creepy doll with me during the, uh, during my recording of these videos. So I'm just waiting for that. But here's the dumbassery. This was a video. Again, I love this video and because it really just shows us something. And it's basically Joe Biden being Joe Biden and just messing up. Now you're going to hear it. This is two minutes of Joe Biden not knowing where he is. Now, you may say to yourself, God, there's a lot of pauses here. Yeah, no, that's Joe Biden. That's the video. That's not me messing up on the recording. So let's listen to Joe Biden and your president and what the left wants to be your next president. I, uh, um, anyway, the best way to get something done if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, from from uh, uh, Char, excuse me, from Charlotte, one uh, another line going from in, in Florida down to Tampa of Putin's kleptocracy, uh, yeah, and 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 Joan Shingang, I'm going to pass right. Shanga, $159,000 billion let. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him uh, foot. The idea that um, Los Angeles and, uh, and uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? For two reasons. One, to... We haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is, uh, um, let me say it another way. But the nature, not a solid meeting with, um, with uh, the, uh, they make a very good point. Here's the deal. Here's what drives the driver in the states that are affected. Here's what you can do, the drivers. We want to expand pre-K for three and four-year-olds, millions of pre-K. The, um... That's our president. There we go. That's what you want to elect. And is it a wonder the guy doesn't say more than five words a month now? And this guy is running for president again? I again I'm not sure he's gonna run. I've got I've got about I, I give it about a ninety percent chance he doesn't. I don't think he's gonna run. But just the fact that that guy is still there and still president, ugh. Now that was our dumbass of today, Joe Biden. And he doesn't win it enough. I won't lie, he does not win it enough. He could he could be dumbass of the day every day. The problem is he doesn't talk at all. Now, there are some just real kickbacks here. There are some people that really just lit the world up. And these are not dumbasses. This is just brilliant way of talking to people who are just a-holes. And I love this. So the first one, this is uh, Candace Owens. Candace Owens, who is a podcaster from The Daily Wire, 
arch conservative black woman, which is something. She is she goes to colleges and she speaks. And Candace, I love her to death because she is very blunt, very direct, and she does not BS. She just goes straight out. So here's a gal at a college uh, talking about how she's a gen- she's a woke gender act- activist, and she talks about her mere presence at this college is victimizing people. And how does she feel about her presence? being at this college and all these people feeling victimized and violence and blah, blah, blah. You know, the same bullshit you always hear. And Candace Owen, who, by the way, is pregnant, and this is kind of important, has probably the greatest line I think I have ever heard. Trans students on this campus who actively feel victimized by your presence here today. Additionally, you just pointed out that this man detransitioned, but earlier in your speech... Guys, I want to hear her. Go ahead. What do I have to say? Just just the question, please. No speech. What is the question? What do you have to say to the trans students on this campus who feel actively victimized by your presence here? Life's tough. Get a helmet, man. I'm too pregnant for this. Next question. That is the perfect answer to give. Perfect answer. You know what? You guys are fools. You guys are idiots. I'm. She's a pregnant lady standing on stage talking for an hour. And these people are feeling threatened. They feel violence. They feel like victims. You know what? Get a helmet. I mean, great answer. Great answer. Leave me alone. Go away. Go watch Fear Factor or The Bachelor or something and get the F out of my face. That's essentially what it is. See, here's the thing. Don't forget, I say this all the time. The devil hates to be mocked. When you've got, when you have evil like this, and by the way, this is evil, mock it. Oh, you you feel unsafe? I'm a bigot? Okay. You know, now you can bite me. You got any other comments? That's a great argument. And move on. That's it. Now, this next clip, and this is a long one. This is about three minutes. This is on Fox News. Now, Fox News is not thrilled what Matt Gates did by kicking out uh, Kevin McCarthy from the speakership. They're not thrilled. They have been bitching and moaning since day one. Well, Brian Kilmeade, this video went viral on uh, X, Twitter. And everyone is saying, Brian Kilmeade, what a jerk. And I'm thinking, Brian Kilmeade? Brian Kilmeade is one of the most soft-spoken individuals, God-fearing. I've read a bunch of his books. He is hardly anything that you would consider rabble-rousing or anything like this. He is best friends with Greg Gutfeld, which would tell me should be a red flag because Greg Gutfeld is a rabble-rouser. But you find out that the reason they're friends is because they're complete opposites. So it's not like opposites attract, I guess. So it's not like they're the same. But Brian Kilmeade had Representative Tom Burkett in who voted to a uh, Republican who voted to get rid of to get rid of Kevin McCarthy and Brian Kilmeade lays waste to him now of course the leftists and the uh, rhinos all the people that say they're conservatives are saying that Brian Kilmeade was completely off the ship here that he was did not live up to his standards and that Tom Tip Tim Burkett, excuse me, Tim Burkett, held his own and blah, blah, blah. That's not what I saw. What I saw is Brian Kilmeade let this guy up. And then when Tim Burkett pointed out that you're not letting me talk, and then Brian Kilmeade said, you're right, I'm not. So he he let him talk. Tim Burkett still couldn't explain his position. And he showed all of the weakness in this BS of getting rid of Kevin McCarthy because these guys had no plan to get rid of Kevin McCarthy. And Brian Kilmeade basically said, you guys do this all the freaking time. And it's totally pointless. So I didn't understand why. Well, I did understand. They don't like Brian Kilmeade and they don't like Fox News. I'm not a huge fan of Fox News either. But the reality is Brian Kilmeade lit this guy up and he called him out. And I thought this was phenomenal. Let's listen to this clip. 
do you think it's going to do for the Republican Party and chances of holding on to leadership and the majority when it looks like you're having you're the uh, ringleader of a circus led by Matt Gates, who likes to blow things up, but not offer any new ideas? Are you happy following Matt Gates? Is that your leader? I'm not following Matt Gates. I made my own decision. I didn't ask Matt. But if Matt Gates approval, didn't challenge, you weren't going to challenge. Do what? If Matt Gates didn't not, stand up, you weren't going to challenge. You know I that. Believe I, I believe I would have. Oh, come I believe on. I, and they're, and they're, oh, well, please, you, you know, were praying please, about please. it one minute. The next minute you're going to lead an insurgency. And so you don't think that praying about it's important? Is that what you're saying? One, one that's, minute you know, you're that's praying you're about how you're going to vote with Matt Gates. And the next minute you're going to lead an insurgency? Listen, you got a predetermined answer to everything. I, I no, I have, an, I have an opinion about what's going on. Do you have and an opinion, t- too? And you talk over me every time I try to make All a right, point. Make your point. The point is, is that we're $33 trillion in debt. This speaker was woefully, woefully lacking in leadership skills. He always placed the blame somewhere else. America is going to be better off with new leadership. And right. That's the and who line. is it? It possibly could be Steve Scalise. It could be Elise Stefan. It could be Roger Williams out of Texas. It could be um, uh, Mark Green out of Tennessee. So they all, supported, they all supported Kevin McCarthy, including the most conservative guy I know, Jim Jordan. Why are you smarter than Jim Jordan and, and the 210-plus Republicans? Why are you smarter? I represent my district, brother. And why are you smarter than me? You're right. condemning me well, because I'm just I, saying, I stand up on my own, and that's, that's I'm not what condemning I do. you. I'm questioning you. You don't like being no, you're questioned? Not. You're, no, you're just you're, the line of questioning is very negative, and you know that, and I right. know that. You and, and when I, this is all over with, when this is all over with, and we have a new speaker and we're running smooth, let's have this conversation again. Were you happy with John Boehner? I wasn't here with John Boehner. Right. With Paul Ryan. Well, I'm, they're both rhinos. I mean, why do you? They're not. They're not in my camp anyway. So I. But I, I wasn't here when they were here. So you had 15 yeses for uh, every round you voted for Kevin McCarthy, but you think he's the problem? Right now, I sure do. He's part of it. He's part of the, this this whole problem. When you don't, when you deny that there's a problem, when in, in this dysfunctional Washington, brother, that you, then you know there's a problem. You can't Who get past. Who denied there's a problem? Take, you can't take get past the the fact we take in five trillion, we spend seven trillion, and this and and leadership uh, I'm seems to be okay I'm with that. I'm fascinated the way you blame Kevin McCarthy that you're that you're thirty three trillion dollars in debt, but well, I'm, I'm, you're going to get surprised. a new leader. I'm sure he's going to solve everything. Well, I'm uh, surprised that, that you give him full credit for all the successes that I, we've I had because I we well, name I me some successes for nine months. Had. I don't think you should take all the blame. Well, why, why are we backing it up? We had nine months, exactly. That's a great point. Why do we wait nine months to do something about the wall, something about the budget, something about, well, we never did anything about term limits, well, which I we promised I watched him for an hour and 15 public. minutes. He was, doing a, he was doing an awful lot, but not enough for you. Uh, well, Tim Burchett, uh, Congressman, thanks so much. Everything wrong with the Republican Party, Kilmeade basically pointed out in that interview. In that three and a half, that's why I played all three minutes and 43 seconds of that interview. Because Kilmeade pointed everything out. You have no plan. You're just blaming someone for what? We're not even sure. You have no, you don't even know who you're going to get in as speaker. You have no idea. You did this. You are one of eight Republicans. What makes you smarter than the Republican? And then, of course, it's well, what makes you smarter, Brian Kilmeade? Brian Kilmeade should have said, the reason I know I'm smarter is I'm not a freaking representative in Congress. That's what he should have said. And the reality is, this guy is a complete moron. He didn't even have any reason why he got rid of him. And of course, Kilmeade was, he was really emotional. He didn't actually just sit back because he asked the question, well, what has he done? Well, what can he do? What exactly did you expect him to do? That would have been my question. He is a Republican. He is the Speaker of the House, Republican Speaker in the House with a razor-thin majority. And he's got a Democratic Senate and a Democratic President. Exactly what would you want him to do? Shut down the government where the Republicans could be blamed? We already know the Democrats wanted to blame, wanted this government shut down. They wanted it. They wanted to blame Republicans. AK, how do we know that? AK, uh, Jamal Bowman pulling the fire alarm to stop the vote that was going to pass a bill 
that allowed the government to stay open. And the question is, what's your plan? What are you expecting to get? Are we going to go through this every nine months now? And $33 trillion in debt? Are you blaming all that on Kevin McCarthy? He's absolutely correct. So anyone who's sitting back and saying that Brian Kilmeade was an asshole here, obviously didn't hear the interview and probably doesn't know anything about politics. The only thing I would have said with Brian Kilmeade is you should have calmed yourself down and asked him some ser- and answered his questions. Because then maybe he would have answered some of yours if you guys had actually had a debate there. Because Brian Kilmeade lo- sounded like he knew what he was talking about. And they're all getting crap for this. Uh, Fox News in the morning, they're all furious that they got rid of McCarthy. I don't blame him. I do too. Do I think Kevin McCarthy was the greatest leader? He's the best leader that I've seen probably since Newt Gingrich. I'm sorry, I haven't seen a really good Speaker of the House in Agent Boehner, Ryan. They were weak. The last one I remember was Newt Gingrich, who was worth anything. So yeah, I think he was up there. And you give him nine months and that's it? And then Kevin McCarthy, he's just like, F this, I'm not doing this. And why should he? So, good for him. I I haven't talked a lot about it. And by the way, other political news, Joe Biden's rebuilding the wall on the Mexican border. I guess 260 illegal aliens crossing the border and 151 on the terrorist watch list was enough for him to say, you know what, Uh, we've got to deal with this border thing. This border thing is a disaster. So now he's going in and he's saying, okay, we're going to rebuild the wall. Of course... They're mentioning it's going to be limited. Alejandro Mayorkas went online uh, yesterday and said, yeah, we're going to put up the wall because we need to slow down. I thought walls didn't work. I thought fences didn't work. Now, why are you building the wall? Donald Trump said that basically, you know, yeah, he should have built the wall. He should have built the wall four years ago. Democrats shouldn't have stopped me from building the wall back in 2018, 2017 fighting me against this wall. Now here the president, don't forget, Joe Biden has already built part of the wall. He did this all in secret. The media is not covering it. Because guess what? Walls work. Sorry, they do. They do work. That's why houses, that's why Joe Biden spent $100,000 on his fence around his home in Delaware. Uh, Taxpayer money, by the way. Because it keeps people out. So he's building some of the wall. He's already built, I think it was 50 miles of wall. He already has the equipment. I mean, he sold a lot of it for practically nothing because he really didn't want to build that wall. But now he doesn't have a choice. It's the border is becoming a crisis. And it's a crisis not in Texas. It's a crisis in New York. It's a crisis in Illinois. It's a crisis in Maryland. It's a crisis in Washington, D.C. It's a crisis in California. It has become a crisis everywhere. So as much as everyone would like to scream that Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, was all this theater by sending migrants everywhere, um, it worked because now Joe Biden is building a wall. Donald Trump said, yeah, you should have built the wall ages ago. He also said, bring back return return, uh, return to Mexico policy where if you register for asylum, then you have to wait in Tijuana until your asylum claim is done. Not only will that keep people out of the country, it'll also take away the incentive for people from the uh, from South America, Central America, and Mexico from coming into the United States because they know they'll just be waiting in a tent in Mexico. Oh, oh man, I'm on fire today. This has been a rough week. Do you notice that? Okay, let's get to news. Um, so this is interesting. And I, I don't know. I, I grew up okay. Uh, things that I grew up with, spankings, groundings, uh, getting yelled at, things like that. I, I, I grew up that way. And I think I grew up okay. Maybe I'm wrong. According to the study, I am. According to the New York Post, a new research out in U- in the, out of the U.S. and London showed that shouting at children can be just as harmful to them as physical or sexual abuse. 
that first line right there is just enough to sit there and say, what the F are you talking about? The study commissioned by the UK charity Words Matter. Oh God, there it is. Words Matter is a leftist nonprofit. Was published this month in the Journal of Child Abuse and Neglect. It calls for children uh, calls for childhood verbal abuse (CVA) to be officially recognized as a form of maltreatment. In making the determination, researchers from Wingate University in North Carolina and University of Col- University College London analyzed 149 quantitative and 17 qualitative studies examining CVA. Study authors found that the definitional themes of abuse included negative speech volume, tone, and speech content and their immediate impact. Now, one of the things they don't talk about is frequency. How often do you actually scream at somebody? That's not what they acknowledged here. So that's important. That's really important. It's the same with spanking. Spanking is in itself, is it really physical abuse? Of course, now they're calling it physical abuse. But I think there is a line between physical abuse and discipline. And that line is frequency. How often do you do it and why do you do it? Continuing with the article. Most common perpetrators of CVA are parents, mothers, teachers, the study found. Some of the effects of CVA can last throughout a child's life. The abuse can create... Now, notice the New York Post. The abuse, they're already calling it abuse. So the New York Post is pretty, pretty conservative publication, but they sure seem to go on the side of abuse here can create, quote, underlying emotional and psychological reproductions, including obesity, increased risk of anger, substance abuse, depression, and self-harm. Researchers say there needs to be a better way of defining CVA. That's true. Currently, four categories comprise childhood maltreatment, physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, and neglect. Now they want to, they want to throw yelling in there. Here, here's, the, here's the problem. Um, can yelling at your child be considered abusive? Yes, it can if it's done all the time. If the kid turns up the TV too loud, instead of just saying, hey, can you do me a favor, turn that down? Yeah, and you start yelling at the kid, Sure. Also, the quality of the language can be a problem. I can yell at my kids all the time. If I'm not cussing at them, they know that it's not that big of a deal. There's also the frequency. How often does it happen? So there's a lot of qualitative issues here. But let's get to the other other point is discipline. Okay, you cannot spank your child. You cannot show anger at your child. If you're going to put the child in timeout, which, by the way, I don't think works. I really don't think timeout works, especially if the child's three or four or five or six, because the child just gets up. And I know that because we've got grandchildren and we see the problems. Spanking is really the only way to get around it. Because children, understand something with spanking and yelling at children. Children do not have a prefrontal cortex. They do not reason. This is why when you see these idiot parents sit back and try and reason with their child why not to run across the freeway, they'll just do it again. This is one of the things. Well, what's the best way for a child to learn the stove is hot? Put his hand on the stove. There's got to be consequences. And children only understand consequences. They only understand what they're doing is bad if there are consequences for doing it. They don't understand. You can't be reasoned why you don't run across the street. Concept of death is something they, they, they don't even have. Corporal punishment is all they have. So yelling and spankings really is the only way to handle it. But all of this stuff is being taken away. Well, how do you discipline a child? This is where the government, this is where colleges stay. I guarantee you, if we sit back and we look at some, this is, remember, I told you about Dr. Spock. Dr. Spock, when he released his book, he, he released it with good intentions. But 
20 years after that book was released, he said, no, this isn't what I meant. We've gone completely to the, uh, to the other extreme. you got to remember in the 50s and 60s, abuse was considered discipline. And that's not good. So we need to temper. There is a fine line between abuse and discipline. But you can't go completely in the opposite direction. You can't discipline a kid at all. How's that going to work? Our kids are already sitting there and threatening parents. We have kids that are threatening parents to say, you're abusing me just to get the government and the school system involved in the family life, which is, by the way, what the government wants. Now we've got these stupid studies that sit there and say physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, and neglect. I mean, neglect and sexual abuse, I think these are no, these are no brainers here as far as abuse goes. Emotional abuse and physical abuse and now yelling at a kid? I mean, where's the line? If I spank my kid, that's considered physical abuse. If I make him sit in the corner and he starts crying miserably, that's considered emotional abuse. You realize when I was, and this happened back in the 90s, if you stick a kid in timeout, you can't stick a kid in timeout for more than five minutes because that's considered emotional abuse. And that was back in the 90s. Well, how are these kids supposed to be disciplined and learned? So here's the thing, my grandkids, guess what? I'm still going to yell at them. And by the way, I don't, I'm not a yeller. I actually do, believe it or not, and all that know me will say, are you kidding? I'm really not a yeller. I don't yell at kids. I don't see the point unless I'm trying to get talk over them to get them to listen. But I'm not a yeller. Most of the time, if I want to get their attention, I'll clap and that works. And I don't spank kids because, well, first off, my, I don't spank my grandkids not because I shouldn't spank my grandkids. I don't spank my grandkids because they're not my kids. That's mommy and daddy's job. But my kids, oh, damn right I spanked them. And by the way, how did I learn that? I was spanked. I grew up okay. I don't have any nightmares or anything like that. And my kids were spanked. Guess what happened? They didn't grow up with any nightmares or anything like that. So this is a stupid study. And of course, this is where the left wants to go. Disney, 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 Disney. I, I don't know how many different ways they can destroy themselves. Now, we got to remember, they've had a ton of live action movies. They've done Snow White once, which was, uh, they actually did it from the point of the witch, right? Maleficent or whatever the, the broad's name was. So they did that live action. That live action, that was with Angelina Jolie. I think they actually did two versions of that movie. And both of them did crap in the box office. They did Aladdin, which did crap in the box office. They did The Little Mermaid, which did crap in the box office. And by the way, when you, you hear, well, they, it made, The Little Mermaid made $127 million or something, I think it made. Yeah, Little Mermaid made $127 million worldwide, and that didn't even cover marketing costs. Little Mermaid was in the tank. And of course, they did, they did other live action that never worked. Uh, they want to do a live action of Snow White, which I think there's a 50% chance they're actually not going to do because people already heard. I mean, this is before they've started production, before they started filming the damn thing. People are already saying this sounds like an absolutely terrible movie. And all the wokeness, Everything from Snow White not being white to the prince not being... I don't know how that's going to work. How the prince is not going to kiss Snow White so that she wakes up from the dead. All this stuff, they're going to make Snow White into a feminist social justice warrior. All this crap. The dwarves aren't dwarves. It's just, it's, it's amazing where they're going here. Of course, they got dwarves of color. You got to have dwarves of color. You, I'm sure there's going to be a non-binary dwarf. Well, now they've decided to do it, the same thing with Bambi. So 
this is from the post-millennial, and this is just, I'm sorry, this is just hysterical. In the new era of soft culture, children will not have to experience the tragic death of Bambi's mother as Disney announced that the film will be altered for its live-action remake to appease sensitive audiences. The release date for the 1942 classic Bambi has not yet been announced, but a producer of the film told Colander that significant changes will be made to the plot to change how the death of Bambi's mother is portrayed in the movie. Screenwriter Lindsay Anderson Beer told publication, quote, not to spoil the plot, but there's a treatment of the dying mom that I think some kids, some parents these days are more sensitive about than they were in the past. And I think that that's one of the reasons that they haven't shown it to their children, Beer claimed. I do not, I do think there is a way to update Bambi and our take on it was, uh, our take on it was to did give a little bit of scope. I got to read that over again because I I don't know what the hell she said here. I do think there is a way to update Bambi and our take on it was did give a little bit more scope to it. No, that's what she said. That just doesn't make sense. And I just think that to be able to bring to life for the kids these days in a way that maybe they relate a little bit more would be a service to the original. Changes to Bambi come as Disney has been lambasted by critics for its recent woke remakes of live-action films such as The Little Mermaid and Snow White. Critics took issue with the racial change in the casting of Ariel, while Snow White, while the Snow White remake, which was has not yet been released, has replaced the seven dwarves with magical creatures of all different genders. So there you have it. So they're going to F up Bambi too. Um... So my guess is that, okay, Bambi's not going to have parents because parents suck. You can't have parents. And the parents are going to, the Bambi is going to be uh, raised, is going to have initially the government program. And the evil Republicans are going to shut down the forest so that Bambi is alone. And then Bambi is going to fight the non-binary patriarchy perpetrated by misogynist thumper so yeah you can imagine just how woke you know what would be fun if somebody actually came out with a a version live action version of bambi and made it completely woke and then made it as almost a satire like what the babylon b does i think that would be hysterical now Disney is having a lot of problems. They're, of course, they're down something like 120 million subscribers to Disney+. Plus. Uh, they Their theme park is getting no people to go. I mean, their theme park is horribly expensive. That's part of the problem. But their theme park also is just the attendance is way down. Well, a new, a new poll came out from Reuters. And apparently this poll was kind of hidden. It, it turns out that 70% or 64% of conservatives do not like Disney, think it's gone too woke, and they, they don't even want to deal with it, which isn't bad. And then it's reversed for Democrats. 40% of Democrats don't like what Disney is doing, which actually, if you think about it, or 20% of Democrats don't like what Disney is doing, which you, you think about it is still kind of high. But the people who don't like it are independents. But over half of independents don't like what Disney is doing. So you can see where Disney is losing uh, patrons simply because all this woke stuff. And by the way, the woke stuff doesn't bother me so much because I'll watch woke movies. Day After Tomorrow is one of my favorite movies. And that movie is nothing but climate change propaganda. But I recognize it's climate change propaganda. And I just go with it. I don't care. I just I ignore it. I, I actually will tell kid, tell the kids and tell my wife, I'll watch it, and that's BS, that's BS. Whatever, it's a good movie. I like the effects. But the problem is, they're making these movies woke, and these movies suck. They're just bad. They're hard to watch. So, good for Disney. Keep it up. Now, this is a story that I was going to bring up last week, and I, I'm not going to forget it. You may remember how... Everybody is trying to kill trans people. 
Okay, everyone's trying to kill trans people. Uh, if you if you forget, and I know you never forget because this is just something that keeps coming on and on. It always happens. Here's somebody really explaining how trans people are dying. Let's let's listen to her. Him. And this is a him. I'm sorry. And people like J.K. Rowling need to fucking stop because my people are dying because of her. She is killing us. Oh, but there's one more good thing about this book. J.K. Rowling fucking dies. Yeah, Gretchen had the nerve to kill off the queen of the turfs, and it is glorious. I only wish that scene could have been even more brutal. You might, you might be saying to yourself, okay, what did J.K. Rowling do? Oh, oh who did she kill? Well, she didn't kill anyone. She basically just said that trans people, trans, gir trans girls or boys should not be in women's sports. That's all she said. And then listen to this person. This person is saying, you're killing us. You're kill." She's not killing anybody. She just had a different opinion than you did. And then you hear what this guy says. She should die. She should kill. We should kill her. I want a brutal death. That's what these people it's what these people are like. If you don't have their opinion it's genocide and that is the reason that they have a right to start beating the shit out of you or start killing you or threatening you. Here's the here's again this is the same this is just it's becoming cliché. It's all the leftists like this idiot especially the trans community they always accuse you of doing what they are doing. Well, here's another story, and this video went viral. This video went completely viral. According to the Post Millennial, criminal charges are now pending. The trans-identified male student who was seen on video violently beating a female student at Hazelbrook Middle School near Portland, Oregon. So this was a boy acting like a girl. Apparently, the girl did something. She said something, and he started literally... It was filmed. He started beating the ever-living crap out of her. Continuing with the article, Ray Cameron, director of Washington County Ju Juvenile Department, confirmed in a statement to Redux that charges are pending and a petition has been filed in juvenile court against the trans attacker, the little boy. And he wasn't a little boy. This was in high school. A, quote, a petition has been filed with juvenile court and charges are pending. In light of Oregon records law pertaining to juveniles, we are not able to comment further regarding the particular youth. The Washington County Juvenile Court Department remains committed to enhancing community safety and breaking the cycle of delinquency through the effective evidence-based intervention practices and holding youth blah 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 accountable. I, uh, whatever. Kids probably not going to jail. That's, that's what it comes down to. The brutal beatdown shows the trans-identified student, the biological male, throwing multiple blows to the female student's head after he violently grabbed her hair, yanked her back and forth, then knocked her flat in the school in the school hallway. I saw it on X, Twitter. It was a brutal beating. Now, you might ask, okay, what exactly caused this fight? Was this because she took, the girl took his lunch money or something? No, we don't know. They never told us what the cause was. But I'm telling you what I think the cause is. Probably she misgendered him. Because that is a genocidal threat against trans people. And that justifies this beating. And we're not going to hear anything about this. I'm telling you right now, we are going to hear nothing about this. And they're already setting it up. Well, it's the juvenile court system and we're not allowed to talk about it. Which is fine and dandy. But the fact that we do not know why says it's something stupid like she misgendered him, she dead named him, you know, all the other acts of genocidal violence will be brought up in court. This kid will get off, will not be transferred in school, and I'm sure this little girl is going to have to go into counseling so that she can be taught by the school how to be more diverse and more understanding and stop with her microaggressions. This is the world we're living in right now. So I don't want, and by the way, again, I'll say this, I'll say this every time. I keep hearing from people like this, and there's a new video out, again, that's going to be on Rumble. That's going to be on Rumble, of a guy 
for some reason being interviewed by the Secretary of the Interior at a uh, national park, and he brings the same thing up. He keeps saying, well, you know, all this violence against us. Here's the question I have for the media, because the media is with these people, okay? The question is, where are the videos of the violence against trans people? Most trans people, when they're hurt, do not get hurt because somebody doesn't like a trans person. Most of them, it's within a relationship. It's domestic violence. They got a guy who's gay but not trans, and he beats the crap out of his trans boyfriend. That's usually what is most of the violence. And by the way, I was going to finish with that, but I do want to point something out before, we, before I close today. You might have heard, and I didn't hear, I, I heard it yesterday. It is LGBTQ History Month. Now, you might be saying to yourself, wait a minute, didn't we just have Pride Month in June? Yes, we did. We did have Pride Month in June, but now it's LGBTQ History Month. Now, what you probably did know, um, we had an LGBTQ History Month this year. It was back in February. Now, these poor people, these poor, L- these poor confused souls that, you know, think they're the opposite sex, they keep bitching about how they're not being recognized, they're, they're not put on a pedestal, they're victimized, there's genocide, there's actual genocide, even though there's absolutely no video recordings of any, any trans person being beaten. And you know if there was a trans person being beaten and there was a video taken, it would be played on CNN and MSNBC ad nauseum for three months straight. It would be January 6th all over again. But here's the thing. Um, not being recognized? So I, I, I decided to do a little research. I went to Code Pink's website and I went to some LGBTQ website. I, it was their official website. Let's read all the days, holidays that they have that the LGBTQ community actually has and celebrates. And then let's do a little bit of math. So in January, Holocaust Remembrance Day, believe it or not, LGBTQ has hijacked that because they say, well, there were gay Jews. in That is considered, on both these websites, that's considered a day. Uh, no name calling week. In February, LGBTQ History Month. National Freedom to Marry Day, National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day, Aromatic, Aromantic, Aromantic Spectrum Awareness Week. I, I looked that up. I I can't remember what it means, but that that is an actual sexual orientation, aromantic, which probably means you're just slutty and you screw anything. Continuing, in March, you have Transgender Day of Visibility, National GL- LGBT Health Awareness Week. In April, you have the Day of Silence, Lesbian Visibility Day, and International Day of Pink. In May, you have International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia. And you have Harvey Milk Day. By the way, Harvey Milk, the mayor of San Francisco back in the 70s, was also a pedophile. No one talks about that much anymore. In June, you have LGBTQ Pride Month, Pulse Night Club Night, Pulse Night of Remembrance, and Christopher Street Day. Pulse Night of Remembrance, by the way, was uh, a terrorist attack. It had nothing to do with an attack on gay and lesbians. So just an FYI, they try and make it that it was lesbian and gay hate. Um, no, Pulse Night Club was performed by a ISIS shooter. So... And he would have chosen another club. It's just that club had no security. So I said, F it, I'll just go there. Um, Christopher Street was I, some kid who was killed. He was gay, supposedly because he was gay. Um, my understanding is he wasn't killed because he was gay. He was killed because uh, he got into a fight. July is International Non-Binary Day, which is a day of nothing, I guess, because we don't know what non-binary is. International Drag Day. In August, it's Pride, it's Pride Chimeru, Chimeru, I don't know what that is, I didn't even bother looking it up. In September, it's 
celebrate Bisexuality Day. In October, it's LGBT History Month, National Coming Out Day, uh, Matthew Shepard Remembrance Day. That's another kid that died because supposedly he was gay, but apparently just got into a fight. LGBTQ Center Awareness Day. That celebrates all the LGBTQ centers in the world. We have a center right down the street from where we live. So I guess for some reason we don't have straight centers where we can get our we can get together with other straight people and talk and sing kumbaya and it's because we're normal. Iris Prize Film Festival, which shows all of the LGBTQ films, L, um, Spirit Day, National Transgender Child Day. In November, we have International Pronouns Day, Asexuality Awareness Week, Intersex Awareness Day. In November, we have Intersex Day of Remembrance, Transgender Awareness Week, Transgender Day of Remembrance, and Brian Holiday Legacy Day. I don't know who Brian Holiday is. I don't care. I didn't bother looking it up at this point. And finally, in December, we have World AIDS Day. Now, um, just to make, just to give that, that's all that put together. That's 151 days of a 365-day year that we celebrate LGBTQIA+ plus, minus, divided by sign, poop emoji, cultists. We celebrate them over half, almost half the year. And that's 42% of the year. So how many days do the Irish have? One, St. Patrick's Day, and most Irish people don't like St. Patrick's Day. How many days of the year do we celebrate Italians? Um, well, we did have one. It was Columbus Day, but we're getting rid of that. How many days do we cel celebrate the British? How many days do we celebrate the Germans? How many days do we celebrate the Norwegians? Yeah, none. How many days do we celebrate? We have one day for America, by the way, July 4th. How many days do we actually celebrate Lincoln? We used to celebrate them. We don't anymore. This is ridiculous. These people are ridiculous. They are put on a pedestal. And believe it or not, the news stations, the TV stations, they're celebrating LGBTQ History Month this month, even though they had one back in February and they just got through Pride Month in June. Three months of LGBTQ history and pride. Well, there will be no podcast tomorrow. I'm going to do a couple of videos for uh, Rumble. Go take a look at them. I hope you have a great weekend. God bless you all. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.